0: Mom, Heidi, oh my goodness! I feel like we might have to start over because I don't really know what I'm doing. (laughs) Well, I don't know what I'm doing either. You gave me my questions late. I know. Well, that's just how I roll. You know that. Okay. Right. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing too intimate. I promise I won't embarrass you. Okay. So I'm gonna try to also act like it's not weird because you're my mom. So we don't have to, I don't want to sound like I don't really know you either. And I feel like when I was writing the questions, I feel like I kind of know some of the answers, but I've never actually asked you, you know?
1: Okay. Well, we'll I see how this assumed. goes because my head's not all there today.
0: Okay. Well, that's okay. That's just an excuse. We'll it's give a, you grace and forgiveness. It's a good
1: excuse.
0: It is a good excuse. Okay. So I'm going to start off by you just telling us a little bit about you. Who
1: who are you? Who's Robin Gwynn? Well, I am Heidi Denny's mom. I am a retired um, coach. I am a director at our church for children's ministry and work with the women's ministry with a team of wonderful ladies. I am a wife to Tim. I have three kids. One being um, a boy who lives in Denver and Hannah, who is in Oconomowoc with her husband Todd and children. So Cody is in uh, Denver with Kristen and you're with Joey in Missouri. And so, yes, I'm a mom and I work full time and that's it.
0: Did you ever? I never really realized it because sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that moved away. But did you ever, did you ever like picture all of us living in the same town? Because you're in the same town as you grew up in. No, I don't. Like you've never I left. don't
1: think I ever looked that far ahead to think what it would look like to, to live anywhere, actually. Like where we were was where we were at the beginning. And so, you know, when dad talked about moving to different places, I could picture us. But I really didn't really ever sit and ponder about it because if it was to happen, it would happen. So, yeah, that's true. I
0: guess I think of it often because I'm like super envious of people that are still together. Like, I don't know what it's like just to stop by and have a cookie or, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to swing by and drop this off. Or can I borrow this? And so I'm always like, I wonder what that would be like. Cause it's not, I haven't had that. And as your, time, si- so. as your
1: siblings would tell you, you chose to move away.
0: I did. I was the one that started it. They'll never let that down, nope. ever. Um, okay,
1: so where do you live? Where is it that you guys live? Well, we live in we live in Antioch, Illinois, which is right on the border of Wisconsin. We're 20 minutes from Lake Geneva. We live on the chain of lakes. So our lake is nothing like the Lake of the Ozarks, but um, we say that Lake of the Ozarks is on steroids because they have lots of water and deep water. We have 28 lakes, I believe, that connects together. Would that be right? I don't know. I could be wrong on that. Um, but they link together, and uh, it could take two and a half hours to get through all the lakes. A couple restaurants on the lakes, but, again, nothing like, you know, Lake of the Ozarks where you're at.
0: Yeah. Yeah, everything is bigger here. Interesting. It is crazy. What, um, if you were to tell me, I guess I never asked you. I've seen pictures. But, like, who, who was Robin when
1: you were 20? When I was 20, and I was thinking about that because I'm really old now. Um, when I was 20, I was engaged. I worked with um, the high school youth group at our church, at the Free Church in town. Um, I had left uh, Moody. I went to college for one year, but then got a great job at at Corporate America and thought that that was where I was supposed to be because the job actually fell into my lap. So after one year of college, um, got the job at American Hospital Supply, which is now Baxter, and uh, worked and was engaged. So that's, that's the Robin at 20, and I filled my time up with working with high school girls, which I was really just a couple of years out of high school myself. So um, that began the journey of working with high school kids. And then... Um, what would you say
0: change has changed the most since 35? Cause I asked that cause I'm almost 35. So I was kind of like,
1: um, wh- trying to think what about changed- from that
0: point to where you're at now. Well, there
1: is a lot that's changed. So if you say what's changed in the world, um, I would say that things have gotten louder. So when things used to be private in a family or in somebody's life, uh, you might've told your best friend, but it seems like now with social media and everything, everything is louder. And it's, it becomes everybody's business. So in years when I was 35, somebody could say, well, it's none of your business. Well, everything is everybody's business now because people put their whole life out on social media. So that's one huge thing that's really different. Um, mm-hmm. I know when you were growing up, um, private things in high school, everybody knew about, um, but it was broadcasted. And so when we were in school, it was like secrets. You know, people told secrets. Or yeah. They just kept the secret. Um, But things were loud. Nobody's life was private. Um, Nobody's life is private today unless you are not on social media and you desire to not be a part of, you know, any kind of platform. The social world. Yeah. Yeah. So really, that's what's changed. But what's changed in my life since 35, just that I'm old now. My grandma, you know, 35, I was um, still having kids and I was coaching and I was home. Um, not working full-time but working full-time as a coach and also had a a part-time job Um, but besides that busyness has never ended so the busy part of life I'm bad at math what but how old were you I said
0: I'm bad at math but how old were you when you had Cody
1: um I might have been around
0: 33 34 maybe that might have been when I. Because I was, I was just thinking, because I'm like, because yeah, I'll never forget, we were sitting on that green recliner, me and Hannah, and you're like, you're going to have a brother. And I was like, what? Like, I was nine, but I just remember being like, this, like, it wasn't talked about, nothing. And I was like, so surprised. But now it's funny because I'm getting to the point where, like, I can kind of remember things yeah. when you were my age. So I'm always like, whoa, this is crazy. Or, you know, I'll, I vividly remember you being 40. Like I, Like, I felt like you were 40 for a long time because you were young compared to some of my friends' parents. But yeah, I just remember. I think you were forty in my mind for like twelve or thirteen years. That's funny.
1: Well, I didn't. And how old are you now? You always forget. I I believe I'm fifty eight because my friends are turning fifty nine, so I think I just turned fifty eight. But yes, you're right. I don't ever remember. No, because you like lost a year. Yeah. Because you told what? What year was that? How old were you when you lost a year?
0: Because you told everyone you were. I don't know. It was
1: like fifty five or something. I thought I was fifty six, but I was actually turning fifty five. So. Yeah, And you
0: literally didn't know that for a long no, time. Uh-uh. Like you, yeah, that's crazy. No wonder why I'm bad at numbers. Yep, that could I be, get it you get it from me. What would be your advice to your old self at like the most
1: complicated stage of life? You know, I was thinking about that and, and I don't know if I would tell my old self anything because I think as I was thinking about it, um, learning, I learned a lot from from the different stages of that I was in. So I can't say what would I tell my old self? Because if I told my old self what I know now, I wouldn't have learned those lessons. So if that makes any sense, like I don't, yeah. I don't, there isn't anything that stands out that says I should have, would have, could have um, my old self besides when it comes to finances. I mean, it would have been good to invest, but at the time we didn't have money to invest either. So, you know, I think um, when you're in the stages that you are, You learn from them and what you do with what happens, If you don't do anything with it, it goes to waste. So it's just, you know, you pick up and continue moving. So I don't know. I don't think there's anything I would tell my old self. That's a good point, though, because I think I think when you have an
0: outlook of life on a positive thing and try to figure out always like what I could have done differently or how I could have done things different or how did I grow from here, you then learn to appreciate those struggles or those moments were in the valleys because they got you to where you're at now. Yeah. So I think if you're in a place of regret or feeling guilty, you probably have a lot of things you would tell yourself because you're kind of still hanging on yeah. to those things. Yeah. But since there's freedom, you don't, right. consent, and, and you know, you've kind of learned and grown. I think if
1: it's in those regret areas. We were taught as a young, as a young person and youth group or whatever that you're to give them to God. I mean, today people give them to their friends. They give their frustrations and burdens to everybody else. But the last person they go to is God. And so he's the one that knows all. So I think just knowing that that's what we were always supposed to do, because that's what the Bible says, um, Mm -hmm. that that kind of takes care of hanging on to that burden. If you've totally given it to him, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that's a good
0: point. I was actually I listened to some other podcast and it was crazy because they were talking about struggles or situations in life and she said if you tell one person about a situation that you were in, so something you're struggling with, you're at, you're asking for advice or a listening ear. But if you tell a next another person, like a second person, you're actually looking for attention. And I thought that was interesting because I'm an open book. So depending on where I'm at in life or who's with me or what I'm doing, sometimes I talk too much about my struggles and it doesn't get me anywhere. And it's funny how if we just relate to just talk to God first, you know, or talk to one friend and then talk to God both ways. And if we're still struggling with it, then, you know, find another source of an outlook. But we're so quickly just to talk about it to people right? because we want that instant change or satisfaction or just that instant feel good feeling, which sometimes doesn't come from people, you know,
1: it comes from God's time. Well, and I also know that as girls and my girls here that I talk with, sometimes I just need to let it out. I don't need them to yeah. fix it. I don't need them to say something back. I just need to let it out and then look at them and they'll look at me. And then we know where we're supposed to bring it because anything they say For to sure. me to help me is, should point me back to the Lord versus trying to, a quick fix isn't going to help anything. So sometimes as girls, though, we just want to be heard because that's how we are. We're more vocal and we just got to get it out. And once you get it out, you feel good about it where guys usually punch it out. You know, they just punch it out and it's yeah. done with. So. I think it's good to have, you know, friends that you can at least vocal it, but they know that you're not looking for advice. You're just needing to vent, you know? Yeah. I
0: find that with Harper. Sometimes she's like a million miles a minute about something. And I'm just trying to give her an answer, like a, like a quick fix or like, this is how you should feel or you shouldn't feel this way. And then finally I was like, Oh my goodness. Sometimes when I just listen and don't even say anything, she's like content like all she needed to do was to like let and out she can, what she, was she probably coaching. already
1: knows the answer before she even starts talking because we all do we all know what what the answer should be but we just have to talk it out so, yes yeah
0: yeah that is true um what what led you to coaching because you coached like from all that I remember I was always around older girls so what led you to coaching yeah so
1: in high school I cheered but I also was in gymnastics and I was I think you were maybe oh, four, three or four or something. Um, And I ran into my old gymnastic coach at the store and she said, Hey, have you ever thought about coaching? And I said, well, no, not really. I mean, I just had a baby and, you know, just doing things. And she said, well, you, you probably need to apply for the coaching job. I think it would be really good for you. And so I just went to the school and applied for the job and, and got the job as a freshman cheerleading coach. And, It wasn't more than two years before I became the head coach um, because the head coach had retired. Um, So, you know, I just I know that through that journey, God put me where he wanted me at that time. And it it is that was a great I mean, I loved my 20 years of coaching and the consistency that um, that it brought me every year, you know, was good and and the challenge and gave me purpose. Um, So that's how I started coaching.
0: But you started at a grade, right, school. so so it started before right, that. So
1: they um, were hiring me for the next fall, but at that same time, the little grade school in um, down the road from us was looking for a coach, and I just stepped into that. That was just a very short, you know, six weeks of basketball games, and so. Oh, that's yeah. All it, was. it was very short. It's a very short season and.
0: You took so many pictures during that time because all the pictures that I see
1: in my little uniform at yeah. Grass Lake School, I feel like that was like well, a long time, but it was just And short I'm not period. sure if I took them or if the other moms did just because you were a cute little mascot and they made, they, you know, they would decorate uh, the gym and they would put little uniforms on the bear or a doll and have you hold it. And they just thought it was so cute. So yeah, I think at that time, you know, we didn't have smartphones and so you were using old school cameras and so you just kept taking pictures you couldn't look through them and delete them you just got them developed so, that is yeah. true
0: yeah and there's no dates on them so it's all it could have all been from right. one game but <laughs> I just felt like I was at 10 so what what do you think was like the most challenging thing about working with because most of the time it was high school girls yeah so
1: you know I the challenge is always transformation, so in our in our um, Christian world, we look for transformation in our lives when we commit to do something, there should be a change in our life and so coaching the change happens not only um, on the mat or in the gym in in their skills and how they learn things, but the transformation also happens in their personal life so mine was twofold it wasn 't really all about the coaching and and making it to state and being the best in the state. It was about the girls' lives and the transformation that happens daily in their lives because they're not my kids. And so the challenge is, because they're not my kids, I can't fix them. And they have their own families, and they have their own desires, and, and I'm not with them 24-7. So when they would come into the gym, it, to me it was like it was my time with them to – help them in life but also to help them with their skills and continue to love them even though you know i can't change them and so um that the challenge was really that they're not your own kids so you're working with them for nine months and you see the transformation happening in their daily life the way they out their outlook on school their outlook on family and you know one of the things is if you cannot get along with your family you cannot get along with the team and so there was specific times, I remember this one time, we were getting ready for, oh, a uh, sectional competition, and a girl came in just bawling her eyes out, and she had had a fight with her mom that morning. It was 4.30 in the morning. We were getting on the bus, and she said her mom wasn't coming, and I looked at her, and I said, you're going to get on the phone. You're going to make it right with your mom before we get on the bus, because I can't have you like this. I mean, she was all broken up, and because that emotion starts feeding to the rest of the team. And then I feel insecure about how we're going to, you know, compete that day because she's not good and her relationship with her mother isn't good. And so as the Bible talks about, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, you've got to finish stuff before you move on to the next. And so it was a precious moment of, Her saying my mom won't answer the phone to me calling her mom, handing the phone to her and her apologizing to her mom. And her mom ended up coming to the competition. Everything was fine. But it's that heat of the moment where you're responsible for 20 other athletes and this one has an issue and it could bring down the whole team and taking care of Mm -hmm. one issue at a time. And her life was more important than the competition because I could not stand seeing her all broken up and upset that. You know, she had it out with her mom and it was her fault. It wasn't her mom's issue. It was that she was selfish in the morning, got up late. You know, the whole story of you're fighting with your kids in the morning. Um, they know they need to get up, they know what they have to do to get prepared and be ready for the next day. And she just was not. And so, you know, it's those kind of lessons, those kind of challenges, but it's the transformation seeing that girl today and seeing her life or seeing how. Her relationship with her mother has grown. Those are the things that are the exciting things for me when I was coaching. It it was great to see their skills change, and it was great to see them rise above things. But it really, in the long run, they're not going to be professional cheerleaders. So it's really about their lives and how God is going to use me to better their situation. as they go on. Like this, I didn't. I didn't write this on a
0: question, but it's crazy to think about like how today like how we do like today um legal stuff and things that are allowed not allowed and situations that have happened between like coaches and students or coaches and athletes or teachers and students but like I remember we had sleepovers all the time with older high school girls and so there was a lot of opportunity probably more opportunity for you to connect with your girls on the team than there is today because there was no limit. Right. I think because our world has gotten
1: so social with the social media, you know, everybody knows everything. And I yeah. think, but I like just believe like, yes, you, yes, you're right. I, I know for me, like every day was a gift because I look back at it now and we couldn't, you know, the families could have the sleepovers, but the coach couldn't have the sleepovers. So there's, there is a lot of legalities that go along with that. Um, But they're still being creative and looking outside the box. There are coaches today that, you know, never had had sleepovers at their house. I mean, the sleepovers, it sounds so girly and so weird, but it really it'd be no different than taking them to, you know, uh, Grand Geneva and going skiing overnight, but staying at the hotel kind of a thing. Um, There's still creative opportunities to create those moments with your students with your athletes um, to build unity and to encourage them um, and to have fun because you have to have fun. And I was all about—I mean, I like to have fun, but I like to be serious when we're on the mat. You got to be serious, but you know it's hard to balance that. And as—and as, um, that's the same with anything with our kids. You know, you want your kids to be serious about stuff and not laugh when you're trying to, you know, uh, teach them obedience, um, but yeah, you're right. It's definitely different today. The challenges are different. Um, yeah. And I know legally too, like, um, I was told many times, you know, you're doing a great job, but you need to keep your personal beliefs out of the gym and I you can't turn off who you are and who God has created you to be. So I would say, you know, thank you for letting me know that. Um, I'm not sure how I can work on that, but, um, you know, I love these kids and I want to see them be able to be successful in life. And, you know, if I don't put some of my personal beliefs into it, you know, their hard days will continue to be hard days and there's no loving on them. And so um, mm-hmm. I, I always would say if I ever get fired, the headlines of the paper are going to say coach gets fired from her coaching job because she loves Jesus. And I was OK with that.
0: Yeah. I think when I think about, I mean, it is funny to say sleepovers when you're in high school or when I was younger and the older girls, but I feel like you were really good about creating our, our home to be home for so many girls, because I just remember it always being a place where the girls felt welcome, whether it was a Saturday to go swimming or just activities, or even just girls that I grew up with that were going through some hard things. And I didn't necessarily even know really to the depth of like what hard is or what it was but just looking back like you always the doors were always open and that's I think that's such a neat thing that takes it you know one step further than just just yeah I when you
1: said that it reminded me of a moment when I had to confront some of the athletes about a party that they had gone to and I wanted to confront them early because if you let it go and waited for the school to confront it um, they would be sitting out more athletic events. And of course, everybody wondered how I knew everything all the time. And, you know, I, I would just say that, you know, I was really close to God and he would let me know, but that wasn't it. But anyway, oh um, no. so the girls, uh, were out doing what they shouldn't have been doing on a weekend drinking and I had to confront them and they handled it really well. Um, they apologized. They went to the school, told the school what they had done. And they had to sit out a couple events, but it was um, around—I don't know what what kind of party or what was happening. But I maybe it was Halloween, um, or maybe it was New Year's Eve. I don't remember. But I had said to them, "Hey, um, you know, I don't know what you're doing this weekend, but you know, we can do something in our house if you want to." And they were just ready to ask me if they could come and spend the night to have a party because they couldn't go to one. Um, And so finding an alternative for kids when they're up against so much pressure to be a part of other things, I think is important. And you're right. I mean, I'm thankful that the house was a place where people could go. But it was also a place where people would go, oh, no, that's that's Mrs. Gwynn's house. I'm not sure we want to go because they knew what I stood for. And they were, you know, yeah, they needed to check themselves at the door before they came in. So. Mm-hmm.
0: how did how did those girls impact your life like what are some things that you know when you you think in moments of life you're like oh my gosh I'm gonna try to encourage this person or I'm gonna impact them and then when it comes down to it there was more impacting on what they've done for you you know like I think of situations where I'm like oh I'm gonna reach out and really help this person in need and little did I know it was really me that
1: was getting yeah, impacted I, I think more because um, we were raised pretty squeaky clean. We didn't have a lot of, um, things come our way and trials that came our way. I mean, my dad died when I was 16, but in our house, my mom kept us pretty, um, pretty tight. And she would talk to us about issues. My, I mean, my mom and dad would bring people into the home that were struggling. And so we saw how they loved on other people. So that part of their lives kind of, you know, spilled off into my life. But, um, I think of you know I've I've had uh, and I, I I'm not gonna cry, but I've had girls on the team who have had really really tough lives, and you know to the point where I had to go to the police station and uh, pick up her mom mm-hmm. or um, you know she she one of the girls' families you know had some violent stuff going on in the house and the boyfriend and the whole thing and and so I think God put me in those positions for for me to learn compassion. Um, I remember telling Greg mm-hmm. Speck, how in the world am I supposed to reach high school kids when I've not lived their lives? And he said, you don't have to live the life of somebody who has done things in the world, but God has put you in that place for that moment because he needs you to bring them some hope and some peace. And so um, mm-hmm. I think that, that's, that really it's the learning lesson of what situation that you are in, um, I mean, I remember the time when you got in trouble in grade school for being in the wrong oh place my. at the wrong time. And everybody's saying, you know, Mrs. Quinn, don't be so hard on Heidi. And I'm like, nope. nope. No, it was awful. It happened. It awful. But, but, you know, having to go apologize to the families, um, doing the right thing kind of, you know, helped you understand, too, that you can be put in the wrong place at the wrong time. But it's what you do with it afterwards. And you guys were not going to get to go to um, have the great dance that everybody else was going to because you had gotten in trouble that week and although the girls that were involved in it still got to go to the dance we said no to you but then we took you to the city to have a good time because you handled the disappointment really well I do not I oh do not goodness. remember I the took city you and Christine and no, to the city that, that next day we took the train and because that way you guys had something that you could be happy for yeah yeah remember and I don't remember (laughs) yeah
0: but thank you that is funny no I remember and I like I I thought about it a few times since I've been an adult because I'm like that would be so even awkward for me as a mom because I'm not gonna even say what I did it was so stupid and silly but like I was like blindly just going with the flow and then I'll never forget I came home and you were not talking. You didn't well, say a word get... to me and that was awful. And then I know and then I come up and I find out that like here you're going to have me apologize which I'm like this is awful but I understand and so we get out and I'll never forget we were at this girl's house and all of those other girls were together having a sleepover and then I had to apologize to the parents that thought it was so stupid that I'd apologize and yet you still just stood there and had me apologize and we left. And I was like, it was the most bizarre, confusing thing. But I remember so much that like that, that's a responsible, like motive, move that I motion move, whatever that I had to do well, to and let's make be it real right. Idea, even though say what
1: it was, because this is a situation where, you know, you're with the girls in the recess time and somebody asks you to hold another girl's ankles with another girl and all of a sudden, the oh, girl was flying off into the gym, and you had no idea why you were holding the ankles. But you, my thought was if I did not handle this right, it could be like, oh, no big deal. But if that were to happen today, it would be considered a rape. And so back then, back oh, then, my gosh. I nobody know. thought but, of it yes. like that. But for me, you were touching somebody else's body, holding them down physically, and the girl was laughing. She wasn't upset. She was, she could oh, yeah. less, she was but laughing. but because I wanted it to make sure that you would never look at something like, this as no big deal again. It was a big deal and it could have been a big deal. And the principal, you know, of course you guys got, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh yeah. You know, what well, you got suspended. Trouble. And so, suspended. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you got to use every opportunity you can to speak truth. And so that was one of those moments I was thankful for, but I just
0: remember her running around like literally like a rodeo, like riding with the bra in her hand. It was the one girl that had the biggest boobs that was, in like seventh yeah. grade. And she's running around chasing the bra, holding her boots. And it was just like, oh, it sounds so awful right yeah. now. It sounds like a so joke. So anyway, so yeah. Oh my. Good learning lesson there. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, I think it's really, you know, what's kind of, I find, I find it ironic because it's kind of what I think of myself as a parent now, but I remember seeing you, I remember you investing so many things, money, time, energy, emotions into all the girls on the team and you would like see no, you would see no change or no nothing to be like man that was worth all of that and it's crazy because over the years like how many years did you coach so like I remember being older and then seeing different girls reach out to you or see you out and they would thank you or say you impacted me so much and it's crazy because as much as we want that like affirmation in the moment when we're like just exhausted and we feel like there's no hope, it's not till like ten years later, you know? And same with parents, like those nights you're up all night like crying baby, or you're just struggling to survive. All you wanted your kids to be like, I appreciate all that you're doing. And sometimes you don't get it till like years, years later. But I think it's so cool to see the legacy that you left. And just even today working in a church and Different girls that you used to have come up to you and be like, you know, dropping their kids off in Sunday school, and you have you've seen them and you're able to see how much they've grown from when you saw them last. And I think
1: that's such a. But I think the biggest thing is transformation because when you are a kid, you're still transforming into who God is creating you to be, and it's what you do with those steps. And so you're right. I mean i I have dear friends that you know I talk to weekly about. You know, some are coaching. There are girls that are coaching and. They're they're not needing um, skill issue handling things. They're they're asking for advice on how to work with the student because of what's going on in their life. And so the on the other note, it's great to have them call and ask for ideas for, you know, coaching for when it comes to choreography or whatever. But there's a soft spot in my heart for the other because that's you're working with these girls and it's their lives It's their lives that you're working with daily. Mm -hmm. Not anybody can teach athletic um, choreography and skill set because that's what you get hired for. But it's really about investing in their life because they're going to be leaving here and what they do with it. And so it's great hearing from coaches. Um, I've got a coach that's in Michigan who just absolutely loves her team. And she is so... um, so moved by them that it, that she gets she can't sleep at night because she's worried about them or worried about what's going on in, in their household. Mm-hmm. And and so that's really what it's about. It's having that deep care and concern. And really, where do we get that from? We get that from God. You know, he gives us that inside of our lives to love deeper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you it's it's that old saying that you may be the only Bible if somebody ever reads They may not open one, but they're reading you, and so it's reminding you daily that you have to live a life that's worthy of of the calling of Christ. And so, we we have a purpose in life, and if we don't live out that purpose, we're wasting our purpose.
0: Yep, that's so true. I love it. Um, Okay, because I have to get to work soon. So, a few things: what are Um, what you listening to a lot? While I begin
1: my day listening to um, a podcast or a Sunday worship service. So. Various churches like Louis Giglio's um, church, Paston City Church or Life Church with Craig Rochelle. I'll listen to Christine Kane. Um, I actually only open up, I open up YouTube when I'm in my, you know, when I'm getting ready in the morning and whatever church service was just finished or, you know, it's three hours away or 22 hours ago, I'll just click it on and that's my morning listen. So I don't actually go searching for something. I just basically listen to whatever Service, you know, that pops up, and and that mm-hmm. is what gives me um, the jolt in the morning to move forward and be challenged for the day. I need a challenge. I need to be challenged. And so, um, which brings me to the next thing about you had asked, what brings me inspiration? And I was thinking about hearing you and Cody and Kristen and Hannah share about your seventy five day challenge. Sitting there listening, how your hearts are in the right place. You want to continue to grow in Christ. Your love for others. You want to keep yourself your body, your, your healthy self intact, um, that is a, an inspiration.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. It's hard.
1: I haven't shopped well, that's yet. That's good.
0: I'm on day 12. That's good. But I haven't walked in. Well, and that's good,
1: but those challenges are good. And I, I feel like your oh, generation man. more than anything needs to be challenged because that's kind of what's missing right mm-hmm. now in the world. There isn't enough challenges uh, personal challenges. There's the challenge that we're facing in the world today, but but what are you going to do about it? So challenging yourself to be better. Yeah. yeah actually things see, that you right, can actually, actually see some fix. changes. Yeah. So,
0: um, A few other things.
1: What is your favorite drink? Well, um, Diet Pepsi has always been my morning coffee. Um, recently, I found that new no sugar, um, no fractu no fractose. I can't even say it. It's cel Celsius, I think is what it's called. Fert-tose. C-E-L-S-I-U-S. And it's a uh-huh. sparkling. Um uh-huh. I'm not sure if it's sparkling water, but it's it's sweeter than a LaCroix because I don't like those. Um but LaCroix. this just gives you a little boost of energy. Um and, and so that's what I've been drinking. That's my my drink of choice. Otherwise, it's matcha tea which is um, just like a, a green tea. Um, yeah, Healthy Goods, I think, is the company that carries it. So that's it.
0: And what's your favorite little, what's your go-to snack?
1: Well, like, I don't what do really you snack do chocolate. Talking? What's your favorite snack? Unless there's something in it. Um, but that isn't even my, um, I don't know. I think whatever is around. I don't, I'm looking around my office here trying to, I have M&M's. And I have an M&M's and I have peanuts and I have all these snacks for all the kids. I don't ever touch them. Um, so I don't know what my go-to snack is. I think if I'm driving on the road, it might be a Reese's peanut butter cup.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to I remember you always liking those. Well, it was fun to interview. I don't really know where this podcast is going. I don't. I'm hoping that this is all going to get recorded and I could post it. Because if not, we'll have to do different questions. So it's not like we're trying to repeat ourselves. So hopefully it will work. But I thought, who am I going to have? And I was like, no one else besides my mom. So I was excited to have you on here. And I'll probably interview because it's kind of fun to think that I could have these recorded and like Harper can listen to them or just even asking more questions about your childhood. Like even about, you know, your dad dying when you were 16, like walking through that and just seeing how that has affected some ways or even your mom and what that looked like when you were younger and how you can relate or just how things affect us and carry on without us even realizing it good and bad you know um but I'm just so glad that you came on and you're an inspiration to me I've loved watching you and it's funny because I'm like oh my gosh no wonder why I still want to do stuff with girls and I love relationships because that's all that you like that you put in front of me like that's all we did growing up you know was be with girls and youth group, church, or even just friends and sports and cheerleading. So I'm thankful for all that you've done. And remember, and whose face
1: me. are you shining today? Jesus All right. Christ. Love you. So thank you. you and I love you. Bye.
0: And have a great day. As Cody would say, it's a great day. It's a great a day, a mama. Day. Love you too. Bye. Okay. Love you.